Good morning. Welcome to the Barnes Sunday Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. And again, good morning, everybody here. Good morning. Thank you for showing up today. That is something else. Um, I want to get into what happened on uh, this past, what night was that? This week. I appeared on the um, Pierce Morgan show on CNN. Who knows about that already? You've seen it. Okay. You haven't seen it. Well, I do want to tell you that I was on that show. I was invited to come on to talk about Joyce Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin's situation. And as you know, Joyce Zimmerman is the white guy or half white guy, half Hispanic or something, that shot Trayvon Martin, a black guy, and killed him in Florida. So this thing had been going on. And he was found, Joyce was found not guilty. And as a result of found, being found not guilty, riot, I mean, rallies and everything just went up around the country. So there's a big discussion going on. And I've been doing truckloads of interviews about this. Uh, so I ended up on Pierce Morgan's show debating a, a, another guy and a, a woman, a Hispanic guy or something, Puerto Rican, and a black female preacher. And um, I said on there, you can see it on my website later today if you haven't seen it, a few of the things that I said was um, that, first of all, uh, this whole issue is not about Trayvon Martin or George Zimmerman. It's not about all the, either one of those people. The people who are encouraging this type of stuff can care less about either one of those folks. Because if they did, they would be as upset about the 500 murders, that black-on-black murders that took place last year in Chicago and the 97 shooting that took place this past 4th of July, one weekend in Chicago. We haven't heard anything about that. They're not upset about that. They would be upset about the crime that's going on around the country. And I said, what's going on here is that you have the race hustlers like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and NAACP and others who are using black Americans by keeping them angry with these type of things in order to gain power and wealth. And then you have uh, Barack Obama who came out and said in the very beginning of the thing, if he had a son, he would look just like Trayvon. The president of the United States of America making that comments and by being the president and, and by being black, there's power in his words. And when he said that, he encouraged um, a negative outcome if George Zimmerman got off because it sent a message to, uh, to angry black Americans, those who hate white folks, that this is injustice, this is racist, and all that kind of stuff. And I believe he knew what he was doing when he sent that message out. Had uh, George Bush or any other white president been in office at the time, and said, if I had a son, he would look like George Zimmerman. In this same situation, all hell, you know, uh, hell would have broken loose. George would not have been allowed to say it, but because Obama is black, he was allowed to say it and get away with it. But it sent that message out to uh, black Americans. <laughs> and then I also said, uh, they are, the one thing I want to clear up is that Trayvon Martin wasn't some little innocent kid tip-throwing through the tulips, <laughs> tip-toeing through the tulips, and George Zimmerman decided, let me go out and just kill myself a black male. You know, here's a little kid tip-throwing through the tulips. You know what that is, right? You ever done that? Anybody ever tip-throw-toe? <laughs> My uncle asked me, what is tip-toeing through the tulips anyway? <laughs> but and George Zimmerman went out and just decided he's going to kill some little black guy. He had nothing else to do. So I'm going to hunt this guy down and kill him, right? And I said that if Trayvon, in essence, I said, if Trayvon was such a good kid, why did they work so hard to keep his history out of the courtroom? They, went, they hid stuff, according to report. His attorney and family hid stuff from the other attorney, and from the uh, uh, defense attorney. They would not let his record get into the courthouse because they knew if the jury heard that, it was over. Anyway, right? And I said, so uh, it's, it's a shame that black Americans are so angry 
that this guy was a thug. He was not an innocent guy, and they know that. I said, it's a shame that black America is now trying to turn a thug into a hero. What kind of message is that to send out to black folks who are not living that way, who don't have that kind of anger, especially young black people? You can turn a thug into a hero. It's like uh, rewarding the rappers who come out with all this rap crap. All the young people are going to want to become a thug because they know in the black community they, they can become a hero. And I said, it's just so unfortunate. I told Pierce, I said, I know, you know, Trayvon's parents know, and everybody else know that Trayvon was a thug. And it's just unfortunate that this is happening. And as a result of that, all hell has broken loose. I'm telling you, they are mad at me like not going north. I mean, it's on everybody's website. And they're tweeting about it and writing about it and calling me about it. I had some people call me this week, and they were like, and so I took the calls. And uh, they were like, my name is so-and-so, so-and-so. I'm a Christian, so I'm going to be nice to you about this. I'm not going to go off. And by the time the conversation was over, they were cussing me out and hating. <laughs> the men and the women. <laughs> one woman uh, uh, that says she was half white and black, but she said I'm more black because she was going off, right? <laughs> she was asking me all these things, so I asked her a question. And she was like, you can't ask me any questions. What are you doing asking me a question? You think just because you're a man, you can control me? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you're asking me a question. Why can't I ask you a question? No. you just like every other man. You just want to control me. And she cussed me out and hung up, too. And it's just been that way all week. <laughs> and, and, and if I was weak in emotions or cared about what people thought about me, after reading some of the comments on the websites and the tweets and things like that, I'd be crying, right? I'd be at home in bed, folded up like a little kid. <laughs> I'd be boo-hooing like a baby. <laughs> they called me, and then Ermis uh, would uh, read some of the things, and then they would be so gross and so bad. He would be laughing. Here's a word about you. <laughs> and then, and he'll be laughing at it. It's the worst thing you can call a person. I'm thinking, doesn't this boy know he could get fired? <laughs> you know, so I'll be laughing with my enemy in front of my face, and I'm the boss. <laughs> well, he would be cracking up. And Satan would say, looking at that devil. Fire him. <laughs> but I knew it was just funny to him, too. But it's been amazing. I got a call yesterday from a cousin that I grew up with. He's like a brother. We have had him on my radio show. He's going to come on this week, too. Joe from uh, New York. And he called and left my, a message on my cell, and he said, Punchy. This is, they called me Punchy. This is Joe. Call me back right away. And so I called him back. He was like, what in the world did you say? Because he hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> what in the world did you say on that show? And I told him, he said, man, I've gotten called from everybody in the family. Because they know he and I are really close. And they want to know, what is wrong with you? What's wrong with Punchy? He lost his mind. And he said some of our classmates even called him to ask what was wrong with me. He said, you know what? You, you might as well know this. You can't go to any supermarket <laughs> or anywhere else by yourself. He said, Joyce Zimmerman is number one at the most hated, and you number two. <laughs> you are number two. <laughs> he kept saying that over and over again. And uh, he said he's going to watch it. He said, I want to come on the show so I can talk about it. He doesn't agree with me on this, by the way. He agreed with them. And just that he loved me so much, he know me. He knows my personality. He knows that. I, I don't mean in a harm to me. I'm just telling what I see to be true. But so he's not mad, but he doesn't agree with me. He agrees with all of them and uh, agrees with all of them. And then I was talking to an uncle that lives here uh, last night. He called me about this. He said, you know what? He saw it. And he saw it when it first aired. 
And then he said to me, did you know they replayed that show twice? I mean, two more times? I said, no, I had no idea. He said, yeah, and everybody called me about you. They want to know what is wrong with you. Did some white people pay you to say that? (laughs) Are you being paid by the white man to say that? He said that uh, his sister called him because she knows me, right? And she wanted to know, can you tell me what happened to Punchin? Did did he go to some college or did he take counseling or psychological classes? How did he learn to speak that way? Who is teaching him to speak like that? How come he knows how to do that? And and she was really trying to figure that out because I didn't go to college. Well, I'm not having no one teaching me how to say anything. And so I said to him, you know, no one has taught me to say anything. I, I see what I see and I speak what I see. No one is teaching me to do this. And then I found it to be amazing that they don't know that we have God inside of us, that he's there, and the Holy Spirit would teach us all things. If you return to him, he would teach you things that the world won't understand because they expect you to have some type of degree in order to understand the truth, and you don't need that. You just need to connect back to the source that gives the truth, reveals things to you. And it just it blows the mind of, uh, of those who don't believe in God. They maybe believe about him, but not in him. They don't know that we have the teacher in us. And my uncle, he, was, he loved me too. And he told me, in essence, that if he didn't know me like, and he's been knowing me all of my life since I was a little kid. And he said, if he didn't know me, he would be mad too. He used another word. It started with a P, and then the other word is an F. But he said he just know me, but he still can't understand what happened to me. He said, you used to be like us. <laughs> what happened to you that you're not like us anymore? And, and I'm like, who is us? He's like, all of us, the family members, the black people. I said, you know, I, I, it's the same story. God changed my heart. He took away my anger. I stopped hating myself, my parents, and white people. And I'm free, and now I can see that it's a spiritual battle between good and evil, right versus wrong. And it has nothing, nothing, this life has nothing to do with the physical. We are a spirit, and everything that we do is spiritual. And it's so, it saddened my heart to see that the politicians and the media can create something like this and the people just go at it with one another. It's the darnest thing I've ever seen. And then whatever the media gives them, they quote it like they know it's true but real. For example, when George Zimmerman made the 911 call with Trayvon Martin, he was telling the operator that this guy is out here, whatever he said. And the operator asked, asked George, is he black, white, or Hispanic? He, he, they asked him that, and he said black. NBC started this whole thing, too, because they took that call and edited it, and they took out the part where the operator was asking, is he black, white, or Hispanic? And all you hear is George saying he's black. And so it looked like George is profiling. But they asked him what color was the man. And then another thing is that during the trial, it never came out that George Zimmerman continued to follow Zimmerman continued to follow Trayvon once he was told not to. Had that happened, they would have brought that out in the trial. They would have brought that out, but they couldn't find anything to indicate that he had done that. But yet, everybody's saying that. Those who hate are saying, well, he followed him. He should not have followed him. I said, well, how do you know he followed him? I just know it because he's a racist. I said, you, you're saying that because the media is saying it. I said, why didn't that come out in the trial? Well, they tried to cover it up. They'll make up excuses. And it's only because of the hatred in their hearts. And that is sad. And this thing is not about Trayvon or George. It's about overturning the stand your ground laws. And it's about gun control laws. They want to take away more of our freedom. 
And the best way to do that is to get the people fighting amongst themselves. And while they're fighting, you can do what you want. It's so unfortunate. But when you have anger, you cannot see what's happening to you. You absolutely cannot see it. My uncle was like, why are you so bold? Everybody else saying something. Why you got to be out here saying this by yourself? (laughs) Why, Why can't you just be quiet? Or say what we are saying. <laughs> I said, but that's not the truth. My thing is, I want the people to wake up so they can see how they're being manipulated. And I want them to just see how they're being used. And unfortunately, unfortunately, they can't see that. And that's how life is. If you don't wake up, if you don't drop your anger so you can enter into the kingdom of heaven within, so you can see then you're going to be manipulated in your whole life, in every area of your life, in your relationships, in your jobs, in your friendships, in everything. You're going to be manipulated. Satan's going to have your mind and make you think things are real that are not real. Absolutely not real. But if you don't forgive so that God can forgive you, you're just going to live in hell and be manipulated all your life. And it's so unfortunate But that's what it is. These people are taking advantage of the blind. They really are. And um, they are using the races to do it like never before. (laughs) They're using the race, black and white, fighting each other. And then one last point, then I'll take both your hands. It's unfortunate that this anger in the black community is so apparent now. They can just see that they are mad and they want to kill anybody that disagrees with them or their ideas. You would think that if you had that kind of anger, you would know something is wrong with that. Why am I so mad at one person who disagrees with me? He should have a right or she should have a right to disagree without me being so upset about it. But they want to examine themselves to see and I'm controlling them with that anger. They are mad at me, so I got them feeling a certain way and acting a certain way and thinking a certain way without even trying to control them. Isn't that unfortunate? One man sitting in Los Angeles, California somewhere, controlling a nation of black people. And it's unfortunate, folks. But if you look at your life, this is happening in small areas, big areas, every area of your life, you're being controlled. And that's why it's so important that you examine yourself, know thyself, so you can start to overcome this. I did a funeral yesterday. One of our, our, the members of the church's wife died. Did you guys hear about that? Richard Bryant's wife died. She had had cancer for a long time, so she expired. And we had the funeral yesterday. And it was a church load of black folks. And so Satan was trying to tell you, you better watch out. <laughs> so I'm up there doing the service, look, checking out every black person. Make sure they didn't go in here anywhere. (laughs) But it's unfortunate. But somebody got to stand for what is right. Somebody got to do this. And God has given all of us the authority to do it if we were to return to him. We got to love people. It's about loving people. And if blacks continue to hate whites, to, to continue to be racist against them, Every generation in their family are going to suffer for it because they don't have any love to pass down to their children. If you don't love your white person or your black person or your Hispanic person or or your family members, you don't love God. You don't love anybody. And all you have in your heart is hatred. And that's what your kids are going to pick up on. Your relationships are going to be about. You can't love your wife and hate the white man. Or your husband and hate the white man. You can't love your children and hate the white man. It doesn't work that way. Either you have love or you don't have it. It can't go both ways. I, and then let me just say this and then I, I, I'll let you have it. I thank God because I used to be a hater of white people too. And I didn't know it was because I hated my parents that I was hating the white people. I had been deceived about white folks when I moved to California at 18. But I thank God that he found in his heart to take that hatred away from me and allow me now to see things as they are with my spiritual eyes. I'm not looking at the color of the man or the woman, 
because it's not about male or female. It's about what is right. It's the spiritual thing. And he took away my anger so that I could see clearly and I see what's going on. It is interesting that I can see that it's not even about the people. They don't care about us. The government can care one iota about us. They can care nothing about us. But people don't see that, especially the angry people. There are some people who are out of the anger world, and they can see what's going on. But you got to let this anger go. Had not he changed my heart, I'll be one of the people who are saying that, oh, this wasn't right. George Zimmerman should have gone to jail. It's racist. I would be one of those people out there mad, too. But I can see what happened, and I can see how the people are being manipulated. So I want to encourage you to overcome your anger so you can see by your spiritual eyes instead of the physical eyes. All right? And then life will start to work for you. And you may have to stand alone, but that's okay. God is with you. And there are other men and women out there who have awakened, and they see what's going on as well. So let me just uh, go here first. A long time ago. an interesting word that I'd like to uh, speak on, and that's profiling. Yes. Profiling is done in every situation you can possibly imagine. If you're looking for gold or oil, yes. you profile certain rock formations and say, ah, nah, the chances you're going to find gold or oil in this rock formation or whatever, nah, it's nil. Let's go look over here. And they've done that to successfully find gold and oil around the world. Yeah. If you're a police officer and you want to catch the majority of criminals, you profile um, serial killers, uh, thieves, yep. you know, uh, white-collar criminals. They kind of fit certain patterns. If something walks like a duck, it may not be a duck. It may just be someone with a polio situation or they just don't know how to walk right. But if it walks and talks, uh, it's starting to fit the you know, starting to fit the profile a little better. If it walks, talks, and has tattoos, you know, and, and smokes dope, and commits, and gets in fights, and you, you see where I'm going yeah, with this? I do. Then it's like, whoa, we got something. We may have a hot lead here. And that's just common sense. There's nothing in life that we don't do. We don't, when, I, when I used to be out looking for a woman to date, there were certain type of ladies I liked. You know, I would look at them, and I was like, no, nah, she's too fat. She too this, she too that. Oh, this is a perfect one. I'm profiling. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> when I go look for a car to buy, I don't like this color. I don't like that color or this color. Am I profiling or not? When I look for a neighborhood to live in, I look for the best and, and what seems to be the safest neighborhood to live in. We do it in every area of our life. Common sense people know that. But blind people can't see that. They're taking that word and using it against us. People, they can throw that word out now, and folks will just react. Oh, they're profiling the blacks, and they'll just react. It's crazy that they can take one word that's a good word that applies to every area of our lives. When I look for employees for my business, I'm profiling. I'm going through these things, uh, resumes, and I'm looking for certain things. I don't like this one, I don't like that one, I don't want this one, that one. Then I find the one I want. I'm profiling. It's common sense, but angry people don't see how they're being manipulated with that word. Every word we like, they're taking it and using it against us. And the people just go crazy, they go mad. Yeah, no, it's racism. Uh uh, you know. Wake up, America. What in the world is going on here? This is the darndest, and I know it's because people just can't see. There are families that are destroying themselves within families. I mean, just hell going on. And they don't see they're doing it to one another because they hate. They have hatred in their hearts. They are angry. They don't see, well, you know what, let me stop being so mad before I destroy my own family. But what they do is excuse and blame somebody else for it in the family, what they are doing. We have to take responsibility for our own lives. You can't blame, as an adult... We can't blame anyone for what we do. And let me just add this one thing as an example. Um, we talked earlier about Dr. Phil talking about men, men cheating on their wives, right? And I asked the question, if, a, if a, a man cheats on his wife, should he tell 
um, his wife. And it turned into a big discussion. And this morning we were talking just before the service, and some, one lady said, well, maybe a couple of people said it, that the man is to blame. I mean, the woman is part to blame if the man cheats. You remember that? Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm thinking about that, and I look at my own life, right? Now that I'm awakening, awakening now I may come back later and change my mind on this, but I'm telling you as I see it now. I don't personally see how a woman is to blame if a man cheats. I don't see how he can blame her. I really don't. Now, I may see it later and come back and say, oh, yeah, I see it. And I understand the point that some women nag and they go on and on and on and on and never stop. You know, the man get mad and then he'll go out and do it and blame her. But that man can't blame her for that because he need to get himself together so he can learn how to deal with issues. If he's so weak that his wife could nag and nag and nag and he get mad and go out and cheat, who's fault is that? He can't blame her for that. He need to become a real man. He need to have, and men are supposed, all people really, but men are supposed to have self-control anyway because they're the head of their families. And so if you blame somebody else for something you've done, then how will you get better in life? Now, I know people may disagree with that, but just is how I see it now, because I see that I'm responsible for whatever I do. And I can't say someone, I can say, well, you made me do it because you acted that way. But that, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be true. If I had not been a certain way, they couldn't have made me do it. You know what I'm saying? We are responsible. Just like that reminded me of when uh, Eve made Adam do what he did, and God asked, well, Adam, what have you done? His first thing was, Eve made me do it. And we all went to hell. (laughs) 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 Adam said, well, I'm sorry, I was wrong. We would not have had to go to hell. So that story, that cheating thing reminded me of that. We literally, I can't blame anybody for this. I have to search my heart. When I, if I did something wrong, I look at myself, oh, my God, what is it I didn't see about myself? How did I allow this to happen? Nobody else is to blame for that. If you're a kid, I can see how you can blame your parents for making you do certain things because they're in control of your life. But as an adult, it's you and God or you and Satan. And nobody else is to blame. You can't blame me for what you do and the way you act. If I can get you mad, that's not my fault. Well, you made me mad. How dumb is that? And these people saying that I'm making them mad because I said what I said about Trayvon. I'm not making them mad. They're already angry. The situation is just bringing out that anger. Anyway. Yes, sir. Well, just to set expectations and uh, the A little louder for me. Just to uh, make things clear. I didn't know I was black until I came to the United States of America to South Pasadena. So... I didn't come here with a lot of the baggage that is supposed to make people hate. Yeah. I don't have any hate. Yeah. I didn't know I was black. I was made aware of my blackness when I arrived in the United States. And for the past 37 years, uh, things have happened to me through profiling that totally destroyed my psyche. Okay. So I can go into detail. Something has happened through profiling? Through profiling, the way people react to me, the way people treat me, the way the professors treat me when I'm in class. Uh, I mean, I can go on and I could write a book about that. Are these white people doing this? White people, yes, absolutely. Uh, Beer bottles being thrown at me when I'm coming out of the library at the university I was going to. I could tell you things, stories after stories. Now, let's go back to Afro-Americans in this country that had to endure that for several hundred years. The historical, uh, the historical impact that, that a child that's born immediately inherits as he grows. Okay? Uh, if you remember years ago, there was this guy called Dick Cavett. He had a very brilliant, intelligent uh, talk show host. Dick well, Cavett. Dick Cavett. I mean, yeah, just in, the, in, the early, in the late 70s. Right. Be- beautiful mind. Yeah. Uh, that's the guy. Uh, Muhammad Ali was inter- being interviewed by, by him, and he asked him, what, who would you like your kids to be, to grow and be like? He told them, I want them to be like you. And Dick Cavett was interviewing in Chicago in Cabrini Green, in the neighborhood. And uh, I was going to school at the time, 
and he interviewed this little kid, a seven-year-old kid, and what would you like to be when you grow up? And the black kid said, I want to be white. Okay? That is the kind of backdrop I want to make sure that everybody understands yeah. when we say blacks have hate, blacks are this, blacks are, are that. Where is it coming from? Right. It's a reaction. Now, having said that... Let me just I, ask this first. Okay. Am I right in that most black people have this hatred, this anger? It's a, it's a natural. It, it, is, it, is, it is something that forget most black people that had to go through this historically right. and in everyday life. I came here not knowing I was black. So I came here loving white people. I, my teachers were white, Indians, whatever. I had no issue. Where are you from? I'm from Ethiopia. Okay. okay. But and I am right when I say that they are angry. They absolutely. Have, okay. I'm saying not only them. Even I, who was transplanted in this society, yes. developed such... It, it destroyed my inside. Yes. Jesus Christ had to work on my heart yeah. to make me understand that the core decency of the American people, the white people, is what... what uh, got rid of slavery along with black people's struggle yes. and along with everybody's struggle yes. and with the Holy Spirit taking the central lead. You can so, sit back a little bit. First. Sit okay. back so you can be rest. Uh, go close. Yeah. Go over there to him. Okay. Yeah. But having said all that, I cannot stop talking if I continue, but uh, <laughs> you mentioned the race hustlers. Yes. I also see controversy hustlers, people that made their living and make their money through making controversial statements. I came here yesterday. I came here today because I heard you on uh, these guys on CNN. Right. And I was like, I cannot believe this. I have to see this man who, <laughs> calls, who calls himself a man of God, and I want to see the congregation. Right. What kind of congregation is it, and what kind of preacher is it that talks about truths all the time? That's the mantra. But truths, Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ says, you tell the truths with love. Truths told without love is callous, is hateful. I see you talking about truths, but without love, in a very uh, callous sense. And so what my, my question to you is, when you say uh, Trevor, Mont uh, Trevor Martin, who is a victim, who is a 16 years old plus 17. two months, not, barely 17-year-old, 16 and two 17. months. 16 and two months. 17. Okay. That's, but, you know, I just want to make sure. He was 17. And this, is, this is a kid. Who among us have not smoked marijuana? I have smoked marijuana when I was 14 and 15. Okay? I, am I a thug? I, I love guns. I have pictures with guns, the automatic rifles when I was a kid. My, my dad was a colonel in the army. Okay, so it doesn't matter. Does that give somebody else the justification to follow me if I was Trevon and shoot me to death? The, the standard ground, what about the standard ground for Trayvon? Shouldn't Trayvon stand his ground when a white guy is following him and uh, confronting him for just being there, for walking around? It has happened to me many, many, many times. It has happened to me. So I have lived it. And so the president also said that. Other people said that. And it's not race hustling. It is telling the truth. But when a man such as yourself, a reverend, behind the cross of Jesus Christ, makes this kind of statements. This is what makes people, makes us liability to the gospel. You, sir, are a liability to the gospel. Amazing. I'm sorry to say that. Let me ask this. How do you, go back. <laughs> I like my mama. Go back. How do you speak the truth in love? Tell me how to do that. Okay. If somebody has a mouse that has odor, do you tell that man or woman, hey, your mouth smells like the sewer system in front of everybody? You come up with some intelligent way to deal with this situation. I have actually had a very close family member with that situation. And I had to agonize over years and years to find a way to tell this person. Okay? So, so when you tell, you when you tell the mother, when you tell the mother of this child, that was shot to death in a violent way, that your son is a thug. And then you have, we have cheerleaders cheering you about that. I think God is, is aching. Holy Spirit is not here. If you think the Holy Spirit, the dove is here, it's a pigeon that is in here. The Holy Spirit <laughs> flees when he hears this kind of talk. I'm really appalled. You know, I hope you just search your soul and see why you do what you're doing. Is it for baiting controversy to make money for your living? 
or is it to tell the truth? You need to search your soul. I believe the case is that I don't want to judge your heart, but when I came here, I, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't judge people lightly. I went through your interviews. I, went, I, spent about, I was up until 4 o'clock in the morning researching you. I don't condemn people without researching you. And a lot of things that I say, I, I heard you say uh, uh, about women, and then you go back, and when you are interviewed on uh, uh, Hannity Show, whatever, you retract, you uh, literally dance around the truth, uh, short of calling you a liar. That's what I would say. I mean, it just, it just hurts me to see the platform where the name of Jesus Christ is mentioned in the Holy Spirit being defiled in such a manner. Let me say, I'm real glad that you did the research on me and you showed up today. I appreciate that. And you said a lot, so I'm going to try to kind of sort through some of the stuff you've said, all right? Uh, the first thing you said was that you have been profiled since being here in this country, that when you came here, you didn't know that you were even black. But once being here, you've been profiled by professors and universities and all that, the whole thing you've got. I understand that. I've gone through that, too. I remember once I was, I had a janitorial service, and um, I was on my way to work one night, me and my business partner at the time, and we got stopped by the police officer for no reason at all. And it was a man and a woman officer. And the officer, this woman, pulled a gun on me, and she was like holding it and, and kind of shaking. I was like, Lord, don't let that white woman kill me. <laughs> and she was just shaking with that gun right at me. I'm like, oh, my Lord, right? And then I've been stopped. And I used to, before I woke up, I used to, uh, I have been so traumatized by being stopped by police officers that I would be all nervous while driving my car that a police would stop me. So I made sure that I had my license and everything in order, right? Um, I was just traumatized. If a cop pulled up beside me, I wouldn't even look over there at them because I haven't stopped so much. So I know what you mean. But once I overcame my anger, and I used to think, too, it was because of my color, just racism, right? Profile or whatever. But once I overcame my anger, I realized the reason that the good men are being treated like this because we have so many bad men that are doing bad things. They're robbing, they're killing, they're destroying. I, I, you know, I have a home for young men and we counsel with young black men. I've heard so many of those teenagers tell me that they deliberately go out and rob white women. They deliberately go to those areas where they are snatch their purses I said, well, why do you do that? How can you do that? They said, well, they deserve that. They deserve it because of their hatred of white people. And so by us not stopping this within the black community, it's going on so much that it has put fear in the mind of a whole lot of white folks that all of us are guilty of it. And that's what happens when you don't deal with evil, the good have to suffer with it too. So I realized the reason these cops were treating me that way because it's out of control in the black community, and rather than the black community doing something about it by rebuilding their families, put fathers back in their homes so that the children don't act that way, they're not doing that. They're out blaming racism. They're trying to change the laws, and they're just making it worse. Now we have black young people going into supermarkets and things and just robbing them and running out. What type of image is that for us? And the people, when they are afraid, everybody is guilty. And, and if white people are mad at us because we are allowing our children to do this kind of thing, they go, we're all guilty in their eyes, just as all white people are guilty in the eyes of most black people because they're angry. And so the reason you're feeling this way, that you've overreacted to them treating you that way, and you think they're just doing it just because it's you and you're black, you're black. But it's not that. It's because they don't know now who is guilty or who is not because too many blacks are like that. And they don't hear anyone saying, we need to solve the problem. It's not racism. It's due to the lack of family. It's due to the lack of love. We have not forgiven. White people don't know that. So they think we're all angry. So I used to think, is there a class that these white women are going to? And it teach them how to hold their purse. <laughs> but it's that fear that they have. And instead of us doing something about it by getting married, you have 70% of 
black children born out of wedlock. A single-parent household does not work for the most part. It doesn't work. God meant for that man to be there to help his wife raise the children. And so as long as you are angry at them for what they are doing, whether it's right or wrong, you know, they may be afraid. But as long as you're angry, sir, you're just going to get worse and it's just going to make the situation worse. You've got to understand why they are doing this. If the roles were reversed and white children were robbing black women and robbing black men, it would be the same reaction. It would be, we would be scared of every white child walk the street. Even Jesse Jackson said when he's walking down the road and he hears a footstep, he feels better when he look back and see that it's white guys instead of black. We know this in the black community. Many blacks are afraid of their own black children. They lock their doors. They don't, sit, they don't leave the lights on in the front room because they know too. Why not be honest about this? And that's what love is, is telling the truth without resentment. Yes, sir. If I may say something uh, a little more. Uh, this is more than, more than just criminal profiling. I will actually break it down and tell the truth. We'll put it right out, the embarrassing truth. When people talk about black and call nigger and they profile you, they're not profiling you for your criminal behavior or collective behavior. It also has to do with questioning your intellect. If you're black, you're an intelligent, unintelligent. You are not smart. That is also part of the whole that thing. That is so or, not true. Yeah, uh, that uh, is so it, it not is true. Very true. It is very no, true. I let me tell you why from... I know it's true. Sure. I, let me tell you why I know it's not true. Now, yes, you can find that within the KKK, the skinheads, but the average white person don't care about that anymore. I'm telling you, sir, that's your mindset because you're angry at them and you're being deceived in your mind. You're looking out of darkness instead of the light. And so any time they do any little thing that doesn't compute with your anger, you, you're going to think that it's racism. White people, since I've been running my organization for the last 23 years, I, I, as you say, I'm outspoken. I tell the truth to anybody. White people have appreciated the truth from me more so than anybody else. I'm uneducated. I, am a, I don't have a, a degree. I barely have a high school degree. I grew up on a plantation, so I was working the fields. But because they can see I don't have that hatred in, in my heart, human beings, for the most part, they don't care what color you are if you got a service that they need. They really don't care. But if you're angry, it looks like they do. And when the last time you heard the average white person use that word? Even if you use that word, white people say, oh, no, don't use that word. Oh, that's a bad word. How can you do that? They only want to hear you use it as a black person. So you're not being honest. The average white person do not call you that. And if they do, you don't know about it. They have gone out of their way to wipe that word out, and they wish that we would wipe it out so they don't even have to think about it. <laughs> they don't even want it in their head. Because if it, even if it's in their mind, they think that they'll be in a racist. Oh, I thought about that word. Oh, I'm a racist. So you're not being honest about that. Uh, well, uh, actually, I'm very, being very honest. Uh, I been, I've been going to college for the past 18, 20 years. Uh, so uh, as far as academics, I know. I know what I went through when I went to college, when I took classes, the reaction I get prof from professors, from everybody. So you cannot tell me that the, the question of blackness is a question of questioning our intelligence that is no. already written. You might deny it, but it's that a matter of... That is totally opinion. insane. Okay. But, but I understand uh, you're angry yeah, and you can't I'm see not, it. I'm not I used angry. to, before I, um, before I overcame my anger, I used to say, white people looking at me funny. Why are you looking at me like that? It's because I'm black. But I don't see it that way anymore. See, I'm, I'm not angry. Uh, but you I are am, angry. I'm, I'm, I'm indignant because I see things that put down people that are created in the image of God like animals. That is why the lady, one of the, jury, one of the jurors said, do you feel sorry for Trevor Martin? And she goes and says, oh, I feel sorry for both of them. The, she feels sorry, equally sorry for the killer as opposed to the one that is murdered. It is, that is because she doesn't have, uh, her perception of the person who was killed is not like her child. She cannot empathize 
Okay, so that is because she doesn't put the same value on the value of a black person as she would You're for wrong. a white. I heard that interview too. Yeah. That woman said, I just heard the interview last night. Thank God I heard it because I guess God knew you would be here. <laughs> but that woman said they tried everything they could do to find something on Joyce Zimmerman. They went out of their way. They cried. They did everything to find something, to find Zimmerman guilty of something. But they absolutely couldn't find anything. And even after they could not find anything, they cried. When they put not guilty in the little bastard thing and they took it out to the courtroom, they started crying again because they wanted to find something on Zimmerman. They couldn't, could not find anything. So that's not true, sir. What I encourage you to, (laughs) I I encourage you to overcome your anger. I'm sorry what you went through. I understand what you've had to go through. But if we clean up our community, if we clean our family uh, families up and set a better image, then those things it wouldn't be like that. You wouldn't be thinking. And ask a question. Yes. Here you are justifying the behavior of the racist who thinks that a black person. That is walking around because they're because, scared. Can I, can I ask my question, uh, uh, if I may? Yes. Okay. You're justifying that profiling is justified because 90% or 70% or 60% of the time, when there is a crime in Mid Wilshire, it's either black or Hispanic who committed it. Therefore, when you see a black or Hispanic coming to your car or close to your car, you should react in this way, which is justified. That's what you're saying. Yes. By the same token, then, I, am I see that. by the same token, 90% of the time that I, get, I got attacked is by white male that I got attacked. I've been attacked many, many times. You mean physically attacked? Physically attacked, okay. yes. And I had beer, beer bottles being thrown at me. And uh, now you're scared of white people, right? I'm not scared of anybody. Mm. Yeah, I'm not. And, I, yeah, I... I Anyway, I'm not going to yeah. go into details. Yeah. It's not about me. Uh, so that justifies me having a reaction to this gentleman whom I don't know from Adam and saying he's a, a fucking racist, so I should act this way towards him. I do not do that. I have healed myself. Although my experience had put certain reaction in my, in my mind right. and in my heart, I have cleaned myself out of that. So, Let me do this because of time. Yes, yeah. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. The one thing I do want to say, you have not healed yourself. You still have anger. And I would, I'm saying that so that you can examine that because the only way you're going to see things real clear is that you've got to overcome anger completely. Anger is a spirit. Let me go to uh, over here. He had his hand. Anger is a spirit that has made a home in you because of the way you react to those situations. And until you repent from that completely, you're not going to be able to see it again clearly. You really won't. You won't see what's really, really going on because that is in your way. And so I would encourage you to examine that so you can let it go completely. And I guarantee you, you will start seeing things really as they are. All right? Okay. Yes. You mentioned that uh, white racists think that black people are unintelligent. Right. That's what he said. Yeah, he's, but um, that comes from the same situation as the criminality thing, where they're not raised properly, they're not raised to study and all of that. So you have people like Rachel Gentile and Trayvon Martin and all them acting like they're unintelligent. That's a very good point, coming from a white man. Good point. Does that justify saying all black people are unintelligent? That's what we are saying. When we say profiling is justified, when we say profiling is justified, we are also saying that because you see the the black people that you see are unintelligent, and all of black people are unintelligent. That's where it's leading. They didn't say all. They didn't say all. Tay, you you want to say something about this real fast? Did you have your hand? No. Oh, you didn't. Somebody had. Oh, right here. Okay. You know, but let me just say this. Um, I, I, I know what you're thinking and feeling, sir, but I'm telling you, it's not like what you perceive it to be. Like I say, if the roles were reversed, black people would have families, educated, living right, great communities, and uh, white people were coming in there and attacking them and following them and their young kids coming in and snatching persons, we would be feeling that way about white people. 
We really would. And then, and in that fallen state, we would be suspicious. We would be suspicious of every white person. When you have anger, everybody is a suspect. Yeah. I, I basically was going to say, uh, to me, it, it's all ignorance, uh, black or white. And um, I just kind of feel, you know, I, I, I understand what you're saying, sir. Uh, but to me, I look at it, you, maybe you overreact to what white people do to you as opposed yes. to what black do. Um, once, once I got rid of That's my anger point. and I was looking at black versus white, uh, black people have done more damage to me or tried to do more damage than me to white. Not to say that white people haven't been prejudiced, but once I continue to be a good person and be, yeah. treat everybody fair, once I put that down on one sheet of paper versus another sheet of paper, black versus white, it's come out that black has done more damage to me to white. To me too. And, and, and I'm glad when white people show that they're prejudiced or racist. Okay, then I put you in a category. But black people be sneaky about it. They'll act, try, try to act like they're my friend and my buddy, and they will hate me just as much as they would uh, another white person. Amen. And that's the scary part. I'm sc more scared of black than I am of white. But one thing that I come right here, uh, John, what, and then I'll take you, you. One thing I want to let you know that if black people did not listen to the race hustlers like Jackson and Shopton and the liberal media, the average black person would not have this attitude toward white people. They would not have it. They're only reacting to something because they're first angry about coming from broken homes and stuff goes on in the homes. They're angry about that. And so when you go out in the world, you hear another lie. It's easy to believe a lie. But if they didn't listen to the people feeding their minds, because black people are living with white folks now, marrying them, going to school with them, living next door, they see that they're just regular folks. But that light comes on when somebody used that word, their leaders used the word racism. Black people don't normally feel this way. They get caught up because they overreact. Yes? Oh, I just want to say that um, I never knew racism. I, I just want to say I never knew racism until I was around 30 years old um, when I went to Cal State Long Beach. And the black, I, I, I was uh, studying social work, the black students didn't like me or any of the other white social workers because they thought, how could a white person social work the black kids? Yes. And that's where I learned. learned this happened, it's, it's so bad in the communities now, in the black community, this hatred to white people, that even little kids in the public school system who have white teachers, anytime the white teachers correct them, you know what they say? You're just a racist. You're just doing this because I'm black. In 2013, this thing had been passed down to little black children, which is going to further divide the races and give power to the race hustlers. And that's sad to me. Yes. Everything, um, I've, I've sat here and uh, listened to everything that you said, the man from Ethiopia, or originally from Ethiopia, and I've sit here open-mindedly, you know, thinking, you know, he has a legitimate grievance, but in all, re in all um, honesty, it strikes me that all the statements you made are, are, so, are so racist, I mean, to the core. Everything that you said has everything to do with hating another race, and you're a racist, and that's a lie that you're saying. Everything that you said is a lie, and it's completely racist. So that, that's all I have to say. That's a complete lie. Completely racist. Well, let, me, let me say this in closing, and then I'll take you right, right after I finish. Um, my message is that within all of us, God dwells in us, and that what we need to do is take a pause and look at ourselves. And whatever little, little bit of anger you may have in there, whether it's against your parents, because most of the time, we resent our parents first, an overbearing mother or a weak father, whatever. Once you forgive them and then you forgive yourself, you're going to see reality. You cannot see reality when you have anger. You see an illusion. And you find yourself overreacting to all kinds of situations, building your anger even more so. Because every time you overreact, you get worse in life. You don't get better. You become bitter. And then the more you become bitter, the more you sink into darkness. 
But if you could just forgive, let it go, let that spirit go by just acknowledging that you do have that, you, you, uh, you would start to live a perfect life of peace. And then you can see what's going on spiritually. That's why God wants us to rise above our anger and not live in that hell. He will connect us back to him so that we can start to see again. But any person who has anger are not connected to the light. You're not connected to God, not one iota connected to him. But when you reconnect to him by forgiving and not holding grudges, then you can start living. And that's what we need in this country. We need to wake up Americans so that they won't be controlled by the children of Satan. They won't be manipulated. If you stand back and look at what the way the people are acting today, it's insane. It doesn't even make sense in 2013. These people act as though they, they were born enslaved. And that the white man still got the whip making you do what they want you to do. It's just not true. White people are afraid to even look at black folks in the wrong way. Oh, did I look at you wrong? Black, white people are afraid to not, do, not help black people. They go out of their way beyond the call of duty to prove that they are not a racist. They would even agree with you when you're wrong just to prove that they are not a racist. There's nothing else they could do for us. We as black Americans got to overcome that. And white people got to overcome fear of telling blacks the truth. Because that, you're not going to have a good life either because fear separates you from God as well. And you got to love black Americans enough to let them know it's not me, it's you. And you're a leader. Black people should not have leaders. Nobody should have a leader. Christ is our leader. No man or woman should have a leader. But they got leaders, physical leaders. And if they're your leaders, which make them your God, how's God going to lead you? I have no leader over me. I belong to no church of organization. There's some stupid preacher at the top telling me what to do. God talked to me as he will with you if you can let your anger go by forgiving. And so what I recommend is that when you pray, instead of using all these fancy words and hooping and hollering and carrying, oh, Lord, help my mama, give me some money and all that crap, sit quietly so God can catch up with you, so he can reveal things to you, so he can bring you unto him. All he wants you to do is see that you're wrong, and he will do the rest. The spiritual life is like, a child growing up. You know how we have a baby? The baby grew up so fast, and you don't see the baby growing up. And you look one day, it's a big child, right? You're like, well, how did this happen? I didn't see it. Spirituality is the same way. When you enter that kingdom of heaven, you start to grow, right? You don't taste it or feel it, but you see life differently. You don't have the fear anymore. You don't have the doubt. You don't have the worry. You're not judging your fellow man. You, you see they may have a problem, but it's not your problem. You pray for them. You have compassion for them. But if you're not in that light, you're going to hate them. You're going to blame them. I think it's so sad that we all see what's wrong with the black family and what's wrong with the black community. And it's not a strong effort out there to solve that problem of rebuilding families. Because if we rebuilt families and men and women got married and got it, all this other stuff would be over because the parents would have love and they would guide their children in the right way to go by example. And when they go out into the world and they hear people, race hustlers and poverty pimps like Jackson and Sharpton and NWCP and others, they won't fall for the crap because they will have the love of their parents who has the love of God and they can see the reality that's going on. But when you don't have good parents guiding you, they set you up for the world. And when you really look at it, these race hustlers has, hasn't done anything to improve the black family or the black community at all. But yet they are still the head of the people. Abortion out of control, same-sex marriage, they support all that. They support government programs for black people but not for themselves. All kind of crap. But yet the people can't see it. They encourage the hatred between the races, then they just sit back and let you fight yourself. And they'll just go out and say one word or so, and then you'll just fight. There's something wrong with that. And if you can't see that that is wrong, 
You need to really examine yourself, folks. I don't care what color you are, male or female. This is crazy what's happening today. It really is. It's insane. So sit still and pray. Know God. Ask God to let you see yourself. Because once you see yourself, the world around you become clear. But it's never going to be clear until you can understand yourself. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for showing up. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.